So there's also this famous example of uh, Dropbox where Dropbox founder kind of creates a very basic video of how what the functionality is and you know how easy is it, is it to use and what does it serve and launches the video that you know even a video could be a small mvp whether to test you know people are interested in the idea or not so once he launches the uh, video right uh, overnight there were close to 75000 people who have signed up to the product so even though he might not have a product building something with very minimum functionality and showing people how it works uh, you know uh, uh, helped him validate if there is enough interest or not hey everyone uh, welcome to our uh, podcast uh, everything uh, product uh, so in this podcast, we uh, talk about uh, latest tech insights uh, as well as the product management concepts. Uh, uh, and today we have a very interesting topic uh, that is uh, MVP, which means uh, minimal viable product. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, the use cases, what an MVP is, and also some of the tips that one can leverage uh, in executing an MVP. As uh, we all know, I mean, MVP is uh, a pretty common uh, a term used uh, in uh, various uh, product companies and also by product uh, managers, and uh, and it's uh, it's probably a, a must for uh, uh, some of the features uh, that uh, we plan to build where we understand the customer needs. So, funny. I mean, what do you think an MVP is that you would like to share for our viewers? Yeah, definitely, Srinath. So let's. Let's take an example to make it like super simple, right? So for example, Sidhu is a startup founder. He just started a company and he has a very interesting idea. So now he can't wait to get so much funding to build a full-blown product and then give it to all of his customers to see uh, to see his idea is good. What he has to do is he has limited funding. Let's say he has $100,000. With that, he has to hire people, he has to build a product, and then he has he, he needs to launch it. That's where an MVP comes into picture. He identifies all the basic functionalities that is needed, builds a product with that, and just gives it to the customer, and then continues to get that feedback. And that's what an MVP is. A minimum viable product that a customer can use and give feedback to you. You know, a lot of people debate whether it's a, a minimum viable product, minimum lovable product, and there are a lot of terms which, you know, are floating around and people kind of fight about these terminology and all of that stuff. But I feel that it's more of a concept as uh, Funny was saying, right, where it the MVP will basically help you validate if your idea is viable or not, right? Uh, you know with your users so uh, it is the minimum value that you are providing to your customer to gauge their interest and also prove your hypothesis right or wrong so that's that's the way i put at uh, it if you you know look at a mvp and you know there are a lot of examples to uh, uh, you know which we can look at and understand like what is a mvp and how can we implement that in our, our products right so there's also this famous example of uh, dropbox where dropbox founder kind of creates a very basic video of how what the functionality is and you know how easy is it, is it to use and what does it serve and launches the video that you know even a video could be a small mvp whether to test you know people are interested in the idea or not so once he launches the uh, video right uh, overnight there were 
close to 75,000 people who have signed up to the product. So even though he might not have a product, Dropbox is a complex product, right? It basically uh, deals with a lot of integration with a lot of different uh, hardware, you know, OS and all of that stuff, right? But still, uh, you know, maybe building something with very minimum functionality and showing people how it works, uh, you know, uh, helped him validate if there is enough interest or not. So, you know, that, as simple as that. So it could be the minimum thing which you can put together to gauge the interest, I'd say. It's basically... When you launch a product, you're trying to understand uh, what a customer is looking for rather than what we think is right, uh, which mm-hmm. we, 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 we may not always be true. I think MVP really helps to validate that. I definitely like to double click more on the, some of the favorite examples uh, later in the call. So, and you, I think you brought up one, which is Dropbox, which I was also amazed. So now i would like to understand uh, why an mvp is needed and when yeah one should use an mvp yeah so uh, i feel that right like how much ever uh, you research talk to the customers try to understand the user needs and you know gauge uh, uh, all of these before building something that's not enough right and uh, the market out is very uncertain and keeps changing very frequently and user needs also change very frequently even preferences so the best way to reduce uncertainty is to build something that is uh, that has minimum functionality and that provides value to the users and put it in their hands and see how they use it so that's the best way where we can reduce uncertainty uh, uncertainty and also know if it actually provides value or not i see, I see the same way too right so especially take a scenario where you don't know whether it will work or not. I think that's where you need to build an MVP. Um, I I was I was watching a video um sometime back of uh, what's his name Michael Siebel I believe also the founder of Twitch or something like that right. Um, so he was he was talking about the Twitch uh, initial MVP. Their one of their co-founders basically kept a camera in his room, and then <laughs> he just left the camera on for twenty four hours, just doing his his daily his, his daily things. And that's what the MVP is, right? So he was able to prove with that hypothesis that people would be interested to watch other people just doing casual things on a daily basis. And that's what started the startup. And now it's a huge, it's a huge company earning what like billions of dollars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, s- similar to that, even um, uh, there is one other example, right? Where Buffer Buffer is a social scheduling tool. So it looks like in the initial days where Puffer was coming up with its product, it had just a landing page with saying, okay, uh, so it had just four four lines on it. It said, Tweets more consi- uh, tweet more consistently with Buffer. That was the hook line. And there were three steps. The first step was uh, choose times to tweet, add tweets to your Buffer, and Buffer does the rest. So it's almost like a scheduling tool uh, that's helping people schedule, uh, um, you know, posts and all of that stuff it may look very common now but five or ten years back this was not common right people wanted this convenience of scheduling at their will right scheduling all the posts week ahead and all of that stuff so this could be something which is communicating the value to the people and this is this is the mvp for them right and when they launched this they had a huge list of people subscribed to uh, this specific product so as simple as that and one of my favorite uh, that I would like to share was uh, Zappos. 
Uh, so Zappos initially started, uh, I mean, I mean, for viewers who don't know much about Zappos, Zappos is basically an online uh, shoe store uh, where uh, people can buy shoes. Uh, so Zappos basically started, uh, I mean, as an MVP where the founder was trying to shop around uh, for shoes and um, he couldn't get the size he wanted and the designs he wanted. Then he felt like, okay, he needs to build something and validate with the customers. So what he first did was he took basically the photos uh, inside a shoe store and went back and created a website with all the photos and of all these different shoes. So when a customer go, I mean, and he launched that as an MVP and the way he built that was uh, when he, uh, he kept all the photos in the website and if a person clicks and an order gets submitted, but again, he used to take that um, order, go manually to a shoe store and fulfill that to the customer. So he was essentially trying to gauge the customer's interest before he goes and build a complete e-commerce website for shoes, which is uh, pretty, there's a lot of cost involved as both of you mentioned. So that was uh, interesting uh, for me. I'm sure like uh, there are other examples as well, like Uber, I think Spotify also started uh, as an MVP. So definitely uh, some great uh, companies there who started as an MVP and uh, made uh, billions of dollars. Yep. All right. Now I would like to understand uh, and learn a bit, bit more, more on the types of MVPs. I mean, there are various types of MVPs uh, out there. Uh, we may need a different strategy for MVP depending on the product or the type that we are launching. Uh, can you guys throw um, any light into the types of MVPs? Uh, funny, do you want to share anything on that? Uh, let me start with this one. Right? This is something that I, I learned when I was at Wayfair. So BVP, for the first time I heard like, okay, BVP, what is uh, what is that? Barely viable product. <laughs> I think this this is super helpful, especially when you have internal teams that are managing something. So imagine this, let's say you are a e-commerce company, you're trying to do, uh, you're trying to ship certain things to the customer, right? Let's take Srinath's example of Zappos. So you put certain things and then a customer ordered something. So all this product barely has is a mechanism to get an order. And that also probably at the end of the day is probably sitting in some kind of database which is very basic doesn't have enough details in the back end once the order comes so a person literally understands what is manually understands what is the address manually sees what is the shoe manually goes to the store manually ships it manually gets the shipping code and then manually emails that to the customer so if you think of the entire process other than the initial order that came to zappos everything else is done manual so this is a barely viable product and any issues that comes you literally have to call the customer or you might have to email the customer everything goes manual except for like one or two steps so this this was very intriguing at that point because you don't you literally don't even have bare bones to start a company but you can still do that um, Sidhu, uh, I'm sure uh, in your experience, uh, you might have used different strategies for MVPs. Any, you can share any experience with viewers? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Srinath. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of misconception of like uh, people thinking MVPs is, is just, a, it's, it's, it's only the product, right? But that's, that's not true. Even a landing page could be a 
minimum viable product which could validate your hypothesis right or it could be a prototype or you know it could be something which is very piecemeal where you build an mvp launch it and expand on it and build multiple mvps on top right where each feature could be a very minimal viable for a uh, uh, product which people uh, you know could test use and see if it's useful or not right so i you know that's that's as simple as as it is uh, so recently you know one example which uh, i i came across uh, in the products which i use right notion notion um, kind of integrated uh, chat gpt open ai's um, uh, ai feature into notion they launched it as an mvp where they actually gave it to a set of users and they gave unlimited credits you know pay where people get play around with it and they built minimum functionality where you can ask it for ideas you you could ask it to improve your writing and you could ask it to maybe generate tasks and all of that stuff so as people saw uh, you know uh, 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 this feature and started using it they now converted it into a payment plan where you have certain set of credits which you can use and also they have added more and more use cases so that's as simple as it is right now your product could be basically just tied to an api to see and you know and uh, uh, provide the functionality to the users see if they're using it or not and then iterate and you know uh, add more and more to it as as you see fit i, I didn't know that the notions backend was open here dude because i thought open ai does really well i don't know i'm not a fan of notions ai at all i didn't know yeah no, notions ai yeah they use chat gpt like i think notion canva and all of them use chat gpt okay yeah recently i've been using that uh, it was pretty accurate at least based on my experience yeah and uh, f- funny so uh, for our podcast right like um, uh, uh, i was trying to for one of the episodes i was trying to extract the transcript and then uh, make it give us meeting kind of a description and also timestamps and all of that stuff but with chat gpt right it limits the text you cannot do it right so you have to paste it in like seven or eight different segments and tell it to wait and all of that stuff but in notion when you copy that it automatically takes everything i think it's using the api that's why it's uh, not restricting you through you know the same as the user interface which you are using so that was helpful sometimes god nice so if i can understand uh, correctly on the types of the different uh, mvps so looks like there are two different types here right one is like looks like in a high fidelity mvp which is probably where you have a small feature built and you are trying to test that experience uh, and the other one is more like a low fidelity which is more around uh, sending a survey sending creating a landing page on trying to get a user interaction maybe i think the video the dropbox video that you were mentioning uh, sidhu um, am i understanding this correctly or am i missing anything yeah 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 so uh, you know you know we could categorize them into high fidelity and low fidelity low fidelity has multiple different versions of it right a landing page a video Uh, all of uh, in a prototype could be low fidelity high fidelity it is more like a usable product right where you uh, kind of put a ui together which is which has bare minimal things where the person can go in and use it right so that could be something like a high fidelity and even higher higher fidelities could be something like uh, maybe apple's late, latest launch <laughs> the vision pro i feel that is also some kind of an mvp from their side where they are 
building everything it uh, up but they are still validating if that idea is right or wrong sometimes got it yeah yeah vision uh, vision pro i think uh, i was recently watching that video and i was really amazed uh, how it's coming up with the new spatial computing concept and all I, but, my, yeah. my my first impressions were right uh, you know i think apple was the first company who did it right at least you know when we look at the form factor and the usability of it because a lot of companies tried it but it still had that you know use usability issues and all of that stuff yeah yeah i'm very very curious about the adoption uh, given the cost it has but again that's another thing that we need to think about so yeah. all right um so now let's dive into kind of the real uh, use cases where we have used mvps i'm sure a lot of uh, product managers out there or aspiring product managers out there might be figuring out when and like where they can use that mvp in their uh, product development life cycle funny i'm sure uh, in your experience uh, you might have uh, used uh, an mvp right can you share to our viewers your experience a use case that uh, can be helpful for our viewers yeah definitely sunil so i i Uh, the moment i think about mvp right, the first thing that came to my mind is some personalization that work that they did it into it so let's let's think of a customer who wants to come to mint and then add one of their financial institutions at one point of time into it had a screen which is very static there is a, li- a list of financial institutions and any customer comes there if it if it's applicable to them they just click on it otherwise they just go to the search bar search for something and then find their financial institution very time consuming and uh, you don't know whether customer would spend so much time to take it or not we were like we had an idea to say can we personalize that experience to show something relevant for the customer what we did was we built an experience very minimal didn't put much logic behind we just uh, ran a simple query to say hey these are the top uh, financial institutions or if a customer had this financial institution there is a good chance the customer has this one as well we ran that query got the list of financial institutions manually hard coded that and then did an experiment for like 2 weeks um what we were able to understand with that is the customers are connecting more financial institutions than when it was static it was a very good mvp for us but now if you think about how that's being done there is crazy amount of ai that is built behind that and we are using 10 different data sources to figure out what is the right thing for the customer to show the data so a very simple uh, test panned out to be a huge product which is helping millions of customers so that that's one that i could always think about like always do something minimal to just understand what customer needs and then expand on that Yeah, I mean that's awesome to hear. You transformed something a low fidelity MVP uh, into a very successful uh, product. Uh, so, which uh, which lot of rich information for customers. Siddhu, I'm sure you might have uh, used an MVP in your uh, work experience. Anything that you could share? Yeah, yeah, Srinath. So, uh, one example would be uh, when I was working for uh, Global Traffic Technologies, right? So, uh, uh, I was working on a specific product, which basically this product helps uh, transit vehicles 
uh, you know, choose better routes uh, and they help, uh, and it helps with fuel efficiency, transit uh, planning and all of that stuff. So cities use this product. And um, uh, what we were seeing is a lot of cities were using this product, but also building a dashboard for consuming this data and all of that stuff. So we thought that, that there is an opportunity for us to maybe build dashboards for these people and maybe provide insights on how they can improve all of the stuff which, uh, you know, uh, where that they're targeting for that quarter, which could be fuel efficiency, uh, you know, removing buses from the route, which is cost savings and all of that stuff. Uh, so uh, the MVP which we built was uh, instead of we building, you know, a website or a UI with all of this stuff, right? We basically grabbed all the information and put it into Tableau and gave people access to the Tableau dashboards. There, there are public Tableau dashboards which you can give access towards. So once we started with that, right, that specific city was using it and then you know we uh, introduced that to more more uh, uh, customers once people started seeing more and more interest that's where we moved towards building a new product and some insights which we actually got from that exercise was that uh, each city wanted different metrics initially we had a standard set of metrics so that actually gave gave us insights of building a customizable dashboard Right. Uh, so, you know, if we would have not gone this route of doing it in, as an MVP, we maybe could would have built a complete full blown website and then f found out that this is not good for everybody. It's only good for a segment of people and we need extra features to maybe uh, launch it for the extra people. But, you know, taking this MVP approach helped us, uh, you know, uh, uh, test our hypothesis that you know the the customers would want this and also would use this and they find would find you, uh, this thing valuable. I'd say. I have a question for you, Sudhu. So yeah. when you do such things, right? How do you decide what features would come under the MVP? So I so when we say right, so what the user is looking for right so what is the value he wants to get to so when you look at this specific dashboard right people are putting together dashboards but what they want is they want ins uh, insights on how can they optimize for fuel efficiency and also optimize for removing more buses from the route so so imagine there are eight or nine buses scheduled right based on the people who are coming in going out if the city is able to just remove one bus out of the complete schedule. That's a hundred, hundred, hundred thousand uh, cost savings for that uh, city. So imagine the value they're getting, right? So for the product which they are actually paying for, that's saving them a lot of money. So that's how we try to validate, like, what is the goal of this, and what are we, what is the value value we are trying to provide to the city? So you identified all the basic things that they need and once you identified those basic ones you said okay these are the minimum set of features that i need to build and then i can launch and gather the feedback that's yeah. good actually that, i want to ask go ahead uh yeah one follow-up thing and that was only good for a set of customers right that's what i said as we gave it to more people we found out that these metrics were not good for everybody because each city had different targets uh, for uh, that uh, H1, H2 ERB planning, which they were going through. So that's where we had to come up with a bulk set of uh, metrics, which people had to come in and pull and customize based on then what you, they wanted. Then you basically went into like a full-blown product and then started yeah. to build, build everything that's needed. I want yeah. to ask one more follow-up question there, right? Uh, a very key thing that you mentioned there is the customer. So how do you find the customer? 
that is more relevant for you like how do you uh, reach out to say hey i have a crappy product but it does some functionality <laughs> so would you be interested to try it out so there was also a, a, a pre step which we did funny so there was a okay. prototyping session which we did with the customer itself right so he was part of making the solution and being part of the ideation session of putting all of these things together once we had that we took the prototype to multiple other customers to validate if it's actually solving their problem or not so that was a initial indication that you know there is some interest around this product and then we went into this route of uh, uh, building a tableau dashboard so do basically what you did is you found a customer way early in the game and then did some kind of a low fidelity mockups just to see uh, how the customer is reacting understanding what they would do and then ended up building an mvp that would basically solve for that customer or bunch of similar customers for for that product for bunch of similar customers for that product no I love the way you approached it as well right because yeah and also maybe to throw some light right the root of the problem actually came from a customer interview which we were doing in the customer interview what so there was a city official who who was mentioning mentioning saying that we have a data team right three or four people who's actually just assigned to grab data put it into excel sheets and put it in a way that they could report this to a stakeholder so i thought that was a very manual thing which we can actually automate it and i'm assuming most of our customers are doing some sort of this work to make sense yes yeah yeah no that's a pretty good uh, framework uh, so one thing uh, from my experience that i would like to add here is uh, especially working in the b2b Yeah, space and B two B customers. Uh, one thing which was really handy for me when finding that customers was working closely with uh, our uh, the sales and uh, professional services folks who are pretty close to customers and understand their pain points. What are the different functionalities that they are looking at? So during like my things with them, I try to get a feeling of who are those customers probably who might be interested in this product. So that way I can get that uh, and to gauge their interest as well. That way I could get a little more easy adoption. And another thing which really worked for me was looking at our customer satisfaction surveys and uh, some of the uh, product feedback. So looking at some of the customers who are talking about that specific features or functionalities. that really helped me to nail it down to few people and uh, i mean obviously sales folks were really helpful in uh, getting me uh, those customers nice actually i have a question here um it it's like sidhu was telling right a minimum viable product is a is a generalized term so uh, depending on the industry depending on the product it could vary a lot apple spent probably like 5 years to build their mvp for vision pro but facebook launched their um we are here classes what i don't know it feels like a decade ago it might not be that much but they have proven their proven this hypothesis like way ahead of the game and obviously they made like millions of dollars just through their vr classes so what are the constraints that a product man that you think a product manager has to keep when defining an mvp few things which i can think of are uh, the time the resources uh, especially resources for a minimal viable product in order to justify as a product manager to your readership you need to basically tell them 
oh, I'm going to spend only this much resources to build that because or else they may think that when I mean, it's too much cost, we will rather use that for building and another important product feature or something. So uh, I will say a resource is one of the big thing as well as time. I feel like it needs to be a time bound experiment because we cannot do an MVP forever. Uh, because if you're doing an MVP forever, then probably our competitors are going to outpace that. So these are the two things that I can think of. Uh, anything from both of your experience? Very, very similar, honestly. Um, I, I want to give this example of like Elon Musk or Steve Jobs here, right? So every product that they have built, before they built it, and Steve Jobs is on the other side. He doesn't tell anything first. He just comes and tells that, hey, this is the product. But internally, what I heard, uh, what I've seen um, in his movie or the book and stuff is he goes to the team and says, hey, this is the timeline. Okay. He doesn't know anything about the product. He doesn't know what is being built exactly, how much time it's going to take, how complex it is. Nothing. He's just going to go and say, hey, this is when we are launching it. Now the team has to scramble big time to make it happen uh, by that. So when you have that constraint of uh, imaginary timeline, you will make sure whatever is literally required at, at a bare bones is what is built. Um, same thing with Elon Musk as well. Elon Musk is on the other side, right? He's he's like, he goes to a public forum and says that, dude, this is going to come by this time. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's not, not going to come at that time or in a year after that or in a year after that. But still, it gives that constraint to the team so that they they built it much faster. Funny, yeah. as, as you're talking through this, right, something popped up in my mind, right? So we built... MVP for certain purposes, right? Testing the hypothesis, gauging the interest to the users. And um, when we look at uh, the uh, alt, uh, what is the robo, uh, Tesla robo called? Optimus? Optimus, Optimus right? Yeah. When you look at the Optimus, right? It is an MVP, but the MVP, I think the target is not the users, but the target is uh, employees who want to come and work for that vision. Right. So MVP can also be built to bring or, you know, bring in people to work for the company. I think that's what Elon does through uh, this thing. Right. Man, I love that yeah. example. Yeah, because even we do that. Right. So in order for us to get yeah. funding from our leadership, like Srinath was mentioning some time back, we want to build a product and prove that, hey, this is something that works. So I, I, I feel like Elon Musk does that in a much larger scale. I don't know which video we spoke yeah. about that, but it's like putting it out there would encourage people, not just people actually, even the funders, stakeholders and everyone to say, okay, now I can still keep the money in Tesla because something else bigger is coming up in the future. Yeah. yeah. And I believe yeah, that like think... people who are working for Neuralink or Optimus and all of these people, right? There are more people who are motivated through the idea, the the uh, Elon's idea or, you know, passion towards it rather than money or something else, right? Yeah. yeah. So now, I mean, so, uh, thinking about uh, Elon Musk tweets, when you guys were talking about that, now I feel like he always uses uh, the low fidelity MVPs where he just posts a question and try to gather customer, like the user feedback or the sentiment. I think he does it really well there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So now, uh, since we talked about uh, some of the different types of MVPs, our experiences, uh, I'm sure there are a lot of learnings and pitfalls on how to not do an MVP. Um, so, 
I think uh, that's going to be very beneficial uh, for a lot of people who might have not executed an MVP before. Uh, Funny, do you want to add um, any tips uh, how to not to do an MVP? Um, I don't know. The very first thing that comes to mind is just make sure, just validate whether you need to do an MVP or not. So first of all, why do you need to do an MVP? Like you need to do an MVP when you have limited constraints, like let's say you have limited time, you have limited money, you have limited staffing. And uh, probably this is something that has not been proven in the market or not been proven in your product. So at that point, it makes sense to probably do an MVP to prove that hypothesis or prove that assumption. So my my biggest recommendation to whoever is trying to do this for the first time is just because this terminology is there or just because a product manager is expected to build something which is minimal, don't just go and build it. Uh, rather, make sure that in this scenario, an MVP is something that is needed and make sure to think about the constraints really well. Like, uh, is this something that's actually solving a customer problem? Uh, just because you have you have limited stuff doesn't mean you remove literally everything that's needed for the customer or bear, build something because if you build something scrappy like that, you might be demotivated because you might not be seeing the initial results that you want to see. Yep. Can you share any experience, any, like if you have any experience where an MVP did not work out? No, no, no. I always build best, best MVPs. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're at best, but. <laughs> no, I. I have had these scenarios multiple times, right? I can uh, go back to the personalization example that I was talking about. So even in the personalization, we have tried several other things. One of the things that we tried was, uh, can we just utilize uh, location? Okay. So for example, if you are someone who is based out of Pittsburgh, um, just take my example. Like when I came to US, I was in Pittsburgh. So there's a very good chance you might be using PNC. Okay, because that's yeah, one of the yeah. prominent banks there. That was my first Or let's bank. say, yeah, exactly. So we tried something like that, but it became very complicated because now you're looking at personalized data for the customer, which might be available, might not be available. So it became way more complicated to uh, analyze some of the data. Hopefully with the improvements in AI, that would become much more simpler in the future. But when we were trying that out, it was not worth it. So we tried an experiment, didn't work out, continued with another one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a very uh, good point uh, for a lot of our viewers, right? Especially there's a lot of time and effort involved in building an MVP. Not every uh, product may need an MVP. So it's trying to figure out what that clear goal and criteria, what is the, what are we trying to achieve? So that's very important uh, because you're trying to build a lot of justification and get alignment from your leadership. And it's, uh, not easy and uh, we need to make sure we execute it right i also feel that uh, it's it's not like a one time thing right for every product you just build one mp uh, mvp validate it and then you know stop doing uh, mvps later right so it's it's more like a mindset where everything you build something new is minimum viable right you're trying to test something see something and i feel that like there are a lot of times when people don't understand these nuances mvps fell apart and um, uh, some of the problems, right? So people, I see a lot of people emphasize with a lot of minimalism, right? 
minimalism 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 is not the criteria value is the criteria right just having one or two features which don't cater to any any customer or doesn't add value doesn't make make it an mvp so that's uh, we see a lot of these examples a lot of time right and sometimes also people are building mvps and neglecting the user experience right minimum viable doesn't mean crappy user experience right even with minimum viability or an mvp you can have really really good user experience uh, and also don't um, uh, uh, equate uh, user experience with ui design right ui design is something user interface design and all of that is different from the experience the user is will be having using that mvp so don't neg- neg- neglect that and also i see that a lot of people have an mvp but don't test it a lot right because i think you need enough data to test your prove your hypothesis right or wrong there might be instances where you say that there is a specific user segment you are targeting but you test the mvp against a different segment which is completely gives you results which are you know not what you want right so i think that is something which you want to do test it till a point where you actually get the right amount of sample data to verify your hypothesis is true or not and one other thing i would want to mention is right resistance to change right you might love an idea and cre- have created an mvp which you work towards and you really you know love the design all of that stuff and you basically go out and test it out and see that the hypothesis is wrong i see a lot of product managers basically try to collect evidence to support an idea which is not that good i think that's a wrong path which you uh, you are going towards right so make sure you are you know resist not resistant to change right you adapt so the ultimate goal is to serve the user rather than you know uh, satisfy your desires of uh, building something which you think is uh, uh, good enough yeah i think these are all different forms where people uh, might fail at creating mvps i want to add, yeah, add something mm-hmm. there right? it's depending on the stage of the company your mvp would vary uh, would vary so for example we were talking about the apple vision pro their mvp version took 5 years and uh, it is going to cost each consumer like 3500 bucks which basically means they would have spent like hundreds of millions of dollars coming coming up to that prototype but if you think of bard versus uh, open ai or the chat gpt uh, chat gpt continue to test it as as and when they continue to launch and they already partnered with several companies before they launched it full blown to an end customer bard came and launched it couple of weeks after that it's still an mvp from a, from google standpoint but it failed miserably because they were not ready ready yet at that point so depending on the stage of your company the mvp or the amount of money that you spend on mvp could vary a lot yeah absolutely those are some great tips one thing i really liked about one of the statements it was it's not about just building some minimal feature but building a value and trying to measure it uh, which is very important because you can build something as small which may not be value added for customers and which is a waste of time and effort everyone we those have are mentioned uh, vision pro we, we have mentioned vision pro a lot of times so we have to do a, a reaction video <laughs> to that for sure yep definitely All right. Uh now since we talked about uh in the MVP the use cases our experiences and how the pitfalls uh, I would like to wrap up um, this call uh by sharing few top secrets or top tips uh, for any person who wants to execute an MVP. Uh 
Funny, I'd like to go with you first. I mean, if you could give like two top key takeaways uh, for our viewers, what would that be? I think the very first one is constraints itself. Like before you do an MVP or before you do the, do the test, make sure to define the constraints that you want to have. You might not be able to stick to it as you go through the process, but always have that constraint. This is my time. This is the amount that I want to spend and then launch it. And then the second biggest one that I would want to uh, tell people is make sure you actually need an MVP. Uh, many times people will just think that, okay, I want to build an MVP just for the sake of it. But make sure you understand whether you need an MVP or not. That's awesome. Siddhar, do you want to share your top two? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is, right, uh, even before you get into MVP and all of that stuff, start with a goal, right? Like, why do you want to do it? Is it to validate your hypothesis, gauge interest, or, you know, uh, encourage more people to work for your product, right? Define what the goal of the MVP is. Second one is, um, I would say, test it enough and validate your hypothesis to the point that you understand what the result is rather than jumping into conclusions with what what you have built. So these both are, I think, would be the primary things uh, to consider while building MVPs. That's awesome. My top two uh, key takeaways are have a clear value proposition uh, before uh, you're building uh, an MVP because that's very important on what you're chasing at rather than something building uh, for the sake of doing it. And the second thing is have a clear uh, exit criteria. When would you call off? And you cannot uh, take an MVP forever. So it's pretty important. Uh, it needs to be a time bound. Uh, so you can measure your results and take a, a proper create action. All right. Yeah. I think uh, we talked, uh, I mean, a lot about MVP. I'm sure viewers will enjoy this uh, and they can use uh, in their uh, product development life cycle. So I think that's what we have. Um, uh, all right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to our channel, Everything Product. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.